0: This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better.
1: Welcome back. To Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and their challenges. Today, we are very happy to be interviewing Helen Longfellow. I had the pleasure of getting to know Helen through my husband as our husbands work together. I immediately loved her strong personality and passion for creativity. Hi, Helen. Thanks for coming today. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So, can you tell us, well, our audience, a little bit more about yourself and what you're up to? Okay. Uh, I run an
2: interior design business, um, which I have run for, grown and run for the past four to five years. Before that, I was in set design and um, pop photography I've got two teenage children which is the other more harder part of my job and uh, I'm based in in Yorkshire and generally my uh, interests are as I put, probably where people travel being outside being with the kids revolving around sort of family which is pretty much me
0: That's lovely. And I mean, for those of us listening to us, obviously can't have a view into the lovely house that we're stealing from Helen. So definitely, I can see where that interior designer is coming from. Absolutely stunning. (laughs) Um, But I guess it will be good to hear a bit about your story. How did you end up in the sort of creative business of sorts? What inspired you to get there or what sort of path led you to become one?
2: Well, I, I think it, at school, I was always very sort of right side of the brain, very, very sort of creative and very uh, that way inclined. And I, I always uh, excelled at more arty things and was probably undiagnosed dyslexic. And at that sort of time, because you know, it... it wasn't as obviously as as prominent there I sort of struggled at school and creativity was sort of one of one of the the easier things for me so I I did manage to get through to university and went to Liverpool to university and then did journalism Sat off working for magazines which then led me on to doing the photo shoots which led me on to the set design which you know led me to the uh to photography and film but as um, I had children very young, and as I did the that sort of work was sixty nowadays. It was two week photo blocks and things. It was very difficult for, to to juggle with a family. So I sort of just had years of just looking after the children really, and then I sort of uh, quite a late bloomer. I've had quite success later on. Sort of just almost as I hit forty, and and really sort of started again, which is quite interesting and. and and sort of have gone from strength to strength since, since then. Really, it's um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I love the fact
1: that you f- you found school hard and you think you were dyslexic, and then you go into journalism. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's nothing like making your path <laughs> even more tricky. And I think that comes back to what I said in the beginning about that strong personality. And I'm not going to let that stop me. <laughs> I'm going to keep going <laughs>
2: and find my way through. Well, it was. It was initially fashion journalism that I started in because I knew that, that, that of the aesthetics were the, were the thing that, that, that really sort of interested me and motivated me, but it was journalism was the way in, and then very quickly that's when I realised that perhaps the journalism wasn't the best and I could get into the production side of production, shoot production, you know, styling things, and it was a, a sort of a, you, you know, it, was a, it just got me there, and then I sort of went off on the different path, and, you know, life has a way of doing that, doesn't it? You just get to where you're supposed to be somehow.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a real uh, important message for any parents listening. You know, get your kids to university. <laughs> and they, Or get them on something they're passionate about and they will find their way. And even if, if it's twists and turns, you know, believe in them, whatever.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. I, I, you know, I think, well, it, it's uh, find something you love doing and you don't work a day in your life, isn't it the saying? And I, I, I believe in that. Just sometimes it's not evident how you get to that point. But if you really want it enough, if you visualise that and you work towards that every
0: day, somehow you will get to that
2: point where you want to be or you find what you want to be if you've got the motivation.
0: Mm. I think that's an interesting point and we were talking about it last week uh, about following the breadcrumbs, right? That ultimately led you to where you are. Me, myself having a background in creativity as well, I find it a very interesting concept. And, you know, some of my clients also do have kind of that creative angle, but we keep hearing, well, I'm not creative or while creativity is for others, it's not for me. So I will be interested to hear, you know, how, how would you tackle that? How did you find that that was your path and how do you go on in cultivating and nurturing that creative genius inside you (laughs) i'm not
2: sure (laughs) i think i'm i'm a really pragmatic person which is kind of at odds with that i'm not actually a a big dreamer so i'm I'm quite practical in terms of uh, with the creativity And it was almost like um my husband's pretty much the same as well it's like how to get to a to b and it's like well if i did that and then that and then that and it just just it's quite hard to describe but i think it's uh, it's it's almost just realizing where you want to be and visualizing that and then working each sort of section to get to that and i knew that obviously journalism is you know gives you creative because lots of people who did my course went on to do marketing and work for magazine works for television a couple of my that's what that's what all of my cohort in my uni class are doing they're all doing something like that so it's like well that gets you to there and then I'm in magazines where there are photo shoots going on and there are things like that going on so i can get that. And there's always, you know, and then after that, you can get, I can get into, as, as it changed, it wasn't fashion that was more interesting, it was interiors. I moved sideways there and then just sort of carry on. And that's, that was my little path, really. Just always mm. how to get to the next bit.
0: Yeah, what I'm hearing is a lot of curiosity. And laying it which is kind of like the, you know the door opening to everything else sorry Flair I know that you were going to say something
1: else not at all and I, I was sort of thinking along the similar lines that curiosity for finding out which is the pathway through is I think is essential in us to keep moving forward if we think there's a there's one key that unlocks the door, then it's, it can stop us in our tracks, but just maintaining that curiosity keeps, it keeps that aliveness and that energy to keep trying. I'm also curious to know, you know, you were, like you said, you were a young mom and you put your life and soul, I know that knowing you into your, into your family. And I can imagine that was quite hard to start again. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah it, it was really because i think a lot of people that you you know i'm sure you've had it in other podcasts that that women can lose their voice a little bit sometimes after being at home and and, and also lose confidence so it was quite nice that that it was a really sort of again it was a really organic process that that in some ways, in the in in it was sort of finding out, thinking, well, how can I get back into that? And and the reason I can get into it, there's a lot of people offering lots of things. So and I haven't, you know, I'm starting anew. So what can I do that's different? And so I think it was it very much clashed with the time or of, of when you saw a huge rise in things like Pinterest and Instagram. The whole sort of concept of an interior designer being fabulous and amazing and all knowing and you would they would be the real ego of it, like this is this is my vision, this is what I'm gonna do for you, and blah, blah, blah. I sort of could see that with 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 people who are a lot more interested in their home, that that's been going on for the last 10 years and it's slowly, slowly. And really, so when I started to work, I worked a little bit different in that it was very much collaborative. And I would use things like Pinterest and we're like, well let's get together and let's, you know, what do you think about this? And people wanted to be more involved rather than told. So it was like I I let's do your vision, but I'll, you know, supersize it and I'll add this and, and whatever you, I mean, some people don't want that. Some people do want it to say, I have no idea do this, but then a lot of people really wanted that bespoke service. And it was a very different way of, of doing design. And it, and, and it worked and it just went on and on because you do one and, and, all it takes in this sort of thing is do a job really well and they tell people and the thing the thing about interiors you can have whatever instagram whatever media whatever marketing but there is nothing because the budget people are talking about nobody will do this unless they see something beautiful that has been done and have a personal recommendation it really you know so it, it just grows from hopefully a good job done
1: yeah yeah i'm hearing that that in with our business as well once you've done a good job with a client they pass you on (laughs) and before you know it you're too busy (laughs) (laughs) and have you found that being a working mum that you know be careful what you wish for because sometimes it
2: can tip tip to too much a hundred percent yeah absolutely especially this last year or 18 months has been phenomenal and and really getting down to saying no as well and being selective with clients, which has been really nice. Because sometimes you just know it's not going to fit and you're just like, I'm not sure about this. And yeah, so now to get to that point of sort of standstill five years ago to now, my schedule, my di- I'm diarised now up until next sort of July and August. So it's, you know, we've got all these things sort of planned in and it's, it, it keeps going. So mm, because- I love,
1: yeah, I love you said five years as well, because I think we both found that you know, both starting a new career and coaching, it actually takes, a, you know, five years before you feel established, yeah. confident, and again, you know, more choosy to know what you're good at and be able to tell people, this is what I do, and if that's what you want, come to me, and if you want something else, go somewhere else. And I think, you know, it takes time for that so people don't want to go into a new career and think, oh, my gosh, it's not working it does take time to, to grow into who you're going to be in that career. And we're going to grow all the time, aren't we?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that really resonates with me. I'm, I'm you know, like, I'm happy for that take it or leave it attitude. It's like, you, in the best, in the most positive way, some things that I can see that that's not going to be a fit. And, you know, good luck and, and move on sort of thing.
0: Mm. I would like to unpack that a little bit because especially when you become an entrepreneur, there's that fear of if I say no, then, you know, that's it. That's my business gone. I can't say no because I need to build it. And to a certain extent, I do believe that we all start off by saying yes to everything. And that's when you can become selective. But I would like to unpack that a little bit because what happens when you go on past that fear? What happens when you do you realise perhaps that by saying no, you're actually saying yes to so many other things? How you overcome that fear in the first instance of saying, oh God, I'm going to say no to this client and God knows what's going to happen next?
2: I think for me, I'm incredibly lucky because I've got such a strong family setup. Um, My husband is incredibly supportive. And because it's later on for me, I'm not sort of, you know starting out and having to do everything this is sort of my choice to how much i want to grow the business and i, I appreciate i'm incredibly lucky in that way and but also always in the back of my mind is is and and this is a real sort of thing that my husband has taught me is how much is my time worth so whatever that might be for whatever you will hire yourself out for an hour or I will do for myself so how much am I worth and if I'm gonna if and 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 within that to me it's how much is taking me away from my family and how much this how much they're worth which is you know to all of us everything so that's really helpful to me because I'm and especially as my children are older as well I'm really aware of how much time I've got left and I really need to be fiercely protected that and say well I just can't do this well I can physically but I wouldn't see my children I wouldn't be going to watch rugby on Wednesday afternoon I wouldn't do that so it's I think it's them they they've been the key motivation to sort of you know of, of and the fact that I'm I'm very lucky to have the support system in place that 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 it makes it easier
1: for me. So I love that you've got that awareness though, the awareness of what's more important and how you're going to divide your time to make sure that the most valuable things to you are not compromised, but you can still have your little bit still growing. Because I always say to my clients who want to change career, you're planting a seed at the moment and when they leave home, you've got that seed growing it doesn't have to be where you want it to be now but start growing something for you if you're feeling that you need to do something more mm. than just the family because being a mum is a big big job we don't have to do anything else if we don't if it's not something we need to do we shouldn't do it because we feel we have to we should do it because it's a it's a want
2: yeah for sure and i think what what i've always been really conscious of is communication because my children had had me all the time and then didn't. Yeah. I was very aware that I had to make that that, that so so I would you know I often try involved with Sam Samuel helps me move furniture sometimes and I will talk to Frankie about projects and about clients and I will show them things and then I will sort of explain and then it'd be lovely and 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 really sort of to them as well like we're going on this trip that I that 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 was because of that big job that I did and whatever because I don't want them to feel resentful in any way because of that and I want them to feel like I I texted my daughter this morning and and I said oh because I've forgotten to tell anyone I said I'm doing a podcast and she's like oh that's very exciting and so she I think you've got to be careful if you've worked if you've not worked and then you've worked off of me to involve them and communicate with them about it and they can see the joy that it gives me so they're quite hopefully proud. (laughs) Yeah, and it does, it ripples
1: out, doesn't it? If you actually, if you're at home and you're not feeling inspired, alive and drained and you're not doing anything that sparks your, you know, interests, I think that can be detrimental as well. So knowing that, you know, you feel good, you're bringing that into the family and, and the kids see that. And I don't know about you, I think three girls, I know you've got one girl, but I wanted them to see a woman who, is enjoying life, being successful in their own right. It was important to me that they didn't feel that you know. And I know this sounds very bad. I don't know if this sounds bad, but that women, you know, if don't should stay at home if they don't have to go to work. So I think it was an important for me to be that role model.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, and I think it's very de- it's a delicate step, isn't it? Because like just as you're saying, you, you're almost, and, and I felt exactly the same. But it's uh, but in nowhere being detrimental. But we're also acutely aware of uh, feminism being now more than ever, really, really at, at the forefront. And and I'm always keen to actually, with with, with my girl, is to sort to, to of say that, that, you know, you can do things differently and do things at different stages, because it is, it's, I don't want to sell her the dream that everything is possible, because but I just think realistically, lots of goals are possible, is what I would rather do. And so it's like, I, I got to stay at home with you, and now I'm doing this and whatever. Just, you know, not, it's not this one-size-fits-all all women should do this then and they should do it forever and they can do... I love the idea that women can stay at home, women can work part-time, women can work the full-time if they want and, and have the husband stay at home. I just, I definitely want... But, but I do, that's probably one of my greatest sources of pride, not any money, not any sort of accolade, but I'm, when, when the children are proud of me, that's a little bit, that's the special thing for me. Mm. If they ever say.
0: <laughs> So what I'm hearing, because I think, like, you know, you... Guy said, quite a few great nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> and so, You know, I think on the one hand, I'm, I'm hearing Helen, and I think that's something wonderful is understanding your why, like where your passion lay and what's your purpose. And then following that path, which in your way, in your, you know, in your world, you understood that aesthetics was something that you care about. Creativity was something that you care about, but ultimately was the end goal for you. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is the motor that is driving all of this? Because unless you have it, you're right. You just don't have that passion, that confidence, that stamina to wake up every day and be like, "Yep, I'm ready to seize the day. I'm ready to tackle another Monday. So I think, you know, for anybody listening, if anything, start with that and, you know, quoting Simon Sinek, start with why. Find out why you want to do the things that you are about to do, and then things will hopefully start becoming a bit easier. And then the other thing I'm hearing from both of you as well, which is, you know, I think something I also share, is understanding that you are not alone. Like what you do here is going to have an impact somewhere else, whether it is, you know, our children, which obviously are close to us, but you never know the lives of the people that you're able to touch by simply showing up. And I think that's something quite important and something that we keep on forgetting. But I'm, you know, quite happy that you ladies were bring to the table today. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think that's that's true. And, and like I'm not gonna claim to be curing cancer or you do, or being a nurse or anyone who does amazing stuff, but I have had, you know, one of my the last clients that I've just finished with where their home was flooded. Unfortunately, that had a dreadful flood and we've worked really hard and now and they went through an awful time and their house is it, it was better than before because before they'd done it themselves and now it had all been done and then and and uh various things like that, they little stories, and it's really nice to know. And I did I don't do any commercial work anymore because I just lo- love to work with families and know that you have made someone's life a little better in a way, and I know it's through cushions or whatever, but it's but your home is very important to people and and I like doing stuff that, that has an impact, whatever that impact is, but it is still an impact. In a way.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, it does have a huge impact. I mean, I, I think as Flair was mentioning before we were on air, we just kind of done some work in the house. We basically do a sort of grand designs and, and converted an old barn into our home. And I can tell you, like the bit where finally things came to life and I felt like I was properly home was when the interior came to life, when we had a decorator and painted the walls, when furniture started to come in and then you start seeing everything clicking together. And I think you can't underestimate that either. Like, you know, that place, I'm just going to call it, where you feel comfortable, where you feel secure, where you feel confident... That's that's magical. That is something not to be sniffed at. And I do think there is power in what you do. Absolutely,
2: more more so now than ever. After being at home so much longer than we, we ever anticipated, that's the that's the thing people are learning.
1: Yeah, totally. So, where do you get your inspiration from, Helen?
2: Travel for me, I, I would say, was one of my biggest. I mean, and and when I say that, it's broadly encompassing in in, in everything. We've always been as I know you are Claire, as well, but, but absolutely have travellers with the children and not just to sort of, not holidaying, but, you know, New York, Paris, Venice, uh, uh, Miami, uh, you know, like a, a lot of cultural places. We are never anywhere the same because it's the restaurants, it's the hotels, it's the colour, it, even the colour of the the sort of nature as well, which is a huge, hugely, hugely sort of uh, impact to me. I'm, I'm, I'm very sort of with the dogs, really outdoorsy. And it's, you know, that, that sort of colour and that sort of contrast and that sort, those sort of textures. You know, I know you can you can get into it and feel quite pretentious, but it is. It's, it is what is around you. So I make sure, you know, we're, we're quite, we, we have an odd life with it. We're very homebards. So we're either at home or off travelling. We We're not want to go out or do whatever. It's just, if I can get on a plane or go somewhere, even Scotland or we will be off because that really inspires me and I come back definitely full of sort of ideas it might just be a wall or a color in nature or just something goes right and then the, the cogs start and i just sort of start scrubbing things and or saving things or putting things and then that's how it goes
1: which actually fits in very well with the neuroscience that you know we need novelty to inspire mind
2: heart and soul yeah 100% because i yeah, and and to me it has to be really seeing it as well i mean there's, there's so much online which is great but i sometimes i feel that clouds me because there's so much information whereas i prefer to just be you know looking at everything and, and seeing that because i want it to be my own i want to sort of find the inspiration that i want so yeah mm-hmm. outside yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like what I'm hearing is that being immersed in it, you know, that embodied. So when you actually go somewhere, you're embodied in it,
2: aren't you? You you actually sense it. It's different than
1: looking at a picture.
2: It is yeah. like you're in. You're in. Everyone's seen. We went to Santorini a couple of years ago. Everyone, you know, you've seen the pictures of Santorini. But only when you're in it, and it's like, oh, it's the chalkiness. It's the. It's that pink. It's the the the, the sort of blue that's coming out. It's the. It's that shapes and everything, and you get to see, and it's all the entirely. And it's not. That's that's fully immersive. That's when mm. it's like we draw everything from it, not just like, oh, I'm going to Instagram and there's a picture of an infinity pool on Santorini's To me, I just want to be. I just want to go anywhere, everywhere, <laughs> anywhere and everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. (laughs) I was uh, recently watching a documentary by Renee Brown which, yeah, I absolutely adore her. But she was talking about a moment that she was on a boat with her daughter and her daughter just closed her eyes. And, you know, Bruno was like, what's happening? And the daughter was like, I'm just taking a memory picture. And I think that is the beauty or, you know, that very much relates to what you were saying, allowing yourself to be present, immerse yourself in the experience, being aware for what's around you and taking that memory picture. I think that's when you probably come back home and then you're able to... Be touched by everything you've been touched on your travels and put it back into, you know, your home or whoever else is you, you're working with.
2: That's so interesting you say that because we do that, but we do the blink. And I always go, you know, the kids can put your phone up and I do the, the full blink to take pictures all the time. And my kids know what I'm doing when I do it. And it's really interesting that you said that. As I didn't realise that was a thing. And it was, yeah, I, that's what I do. It's like, and then take the picture.
1: Yeah, it feels like you're actually in the moment. Mm. So... Helen, what is the one question you wish we had asked you that we haven't?
2: Do you know, I, I always like to hear what what people, the really good advice that people have given. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the what? Um, I suppose what's the best piece of advice that you've given is is a question that I always want to hear from other people.
1: Okay, so what is your best advice then for our
2: listeners? You put yourself on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the follow-up question. Um, I I suppose for me a lot of the time it's a, it's a question of authenticity and I, of living the most authentic life. And someone once I, I told me about an exercise, of basically you do a Pinterest board and you, you put you, you put on everything that's important to you and you and you look what what is what makes you happy? What are those things? And then just every day, and, and I did this a couple of years ago, we're in the Cotswolds, and I wanted to live in an old village, an old stone house, and I wanted to do it. And then every day, work towards doing that. And don't get caught up in the you know, the nights out that you don't want to go on, the trips you don't want to go on, the people who you, you know, of, of not not in, a, in an unkind way at all, but spending time with people you really want to, doing things you really want to. Because I think often, and I, I knew that I was for many years like that, it wasn't authentic. It wasn't what I wanted because I never sat down and thought, "What do I want?" And you know, creating this, and and you'll you'll know this concept, and there'll be a name for it. It's like a vision board. Or is that is that the thing? Yeah. Yeah, a vision so, board. Yeah, a vision board, and that that's and I did that probably about four four five, and it was groundbreaking to me. It's like, oh God, now and you're pinning these things. i think, thinking, why am I doing all these things? And this is what I want to do, and that that was the best sort of. Exercise and advice that someone sort of showed to me, and it, and it, and it definitely changed
0: my life. 100%. Yeah, it is one powerful tool. We call it the the action board after Doctor Tala because it is a board that inspires you to take action and walk towards whatever that board is inspiring you to do or motivating you to do and any you're, you're right the minute that you put things visually in front of you then is there to remind you every day that that's what you're working towards so it, it definitely can get you out of your funk and get you to connect to what's important as well
1: which is so important yeah. <laughs> the dog agreed yeah the dog
0: agreed, that's how it <laughs> uh, Helen that's lovely I think that that in a way answers you know our trademark question which is can you tell us in one sentence how have you made your life better by really assessing
2: what I want from my life and then just doing that and, and stripping it back
1: well done. That was nice and succinct. Yeah, <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful because that's what people don't do, isn't it? They don't really know what they want, and then they're kind of all over the place. So it's good to once you really pin down what you want, that vision is is really really important. And I actually did a post on that this week.
2: <laughs> right. and I, I put myself in that. I'm not saying that you know I haven't. There's many many years where I've been you know I've had a few wilderness years. i have no idea what I want, who I was, or whatever, and just not being very happy, and then it comes together when you focus on you and you focus what you want. And then it's like, ah, so this is the best version. This is, the, and then everyone gets the best of me because I'm trying to get the best of myself. So that's why, it, you know, it works better. And and good thing to learn.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a, a lovely conversation. It's been really informative and really helpful. So I hope this inspires somebody to follow their dreams. And if they're a mum, realise it's not too late. It's always possible to also have your, you know, spark and grow what's
0: important to you. Absolutely, never too late. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Helen. I'm sure a few of our listeners, if not most of them, will be inspired by our conversation today and perhaps would want to to reach out. We'll make sure that we put the links on the episode notes, but if you can tell us where they can find you. And then you sort of community
2: is Instagram, really, and it's uh, Helen Longfellow Interiors, so you can find me on Instagram. That's where you'll see the stuff that I've been doing and I sort of connect with people on there. So yeah,
0: I find it much, yeah. uh, I'm very much interested (laughs) in We'll pop down there. Thank you very much,
1: Helen. And thank you for our listeners for joining one more, more week. Thanks for showing us your love and appreciation. And please share the love, share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, Stay well, stay safe and stay inspired. Much love.